you are a woman that says, I know the caliber that I have as an individual and I want to carry that into my future marriage and my relationship. I don't want to forfeit that just for comfort. We have to understand why does it say this and what is it actually saying? We can't be friends with people. We can't go on a date with someone. No, this is what to look for. And this is actually the height of awareness that I think we should have before we give someone our yes. Welcome back to the Dear Future Husband podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, it's great to be with you guys. It's great to talk about different topics within the realm of dating, especially these conversations, the one where it feels easy just to say, yeah, I know that, okay, and I'm not going to do that. But do we actually know, especially if you are a believer, you're a Christian, the things that we're like, oh, I know, I know that's the thing I need to strive for, or I know I shouldn't do that. But sometimes if you don't actually know why or what something means or even what it looks like to avoid the situation you're trying to avoid you can fall into it without knowing so i mean what are what are some of the common things we're told as we're kids for an example like don't play in the street or don't run with scissors for example if you don't know what a street is if you don't know what scissors are it's gonna be hard to avoid something that you keenly know but you have to actually understand it so we're gonna talk about being unequally yoked we posted something on our Instagram, which if you're not following that, you totally should. We have updates around the podcast, funny memes, encouragements, and insights. It's just the Dear Future Husband podcast. You can pop over there. I'll link it on our YouTube. But we posted something about being unruly yoked and had some questions around, well, what does that mean? What does it look like? What's a practical relationship that is unequally yoked and why? Why should we not be? Let's get into the what first. What does it mean to be unequally yoked? What does yoked even mean? Why does the Bible use the word yoked? The reference comes from 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership can righteousness have with wickedness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement can exist between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Okay, a lot of questions in there. Might bring questions of your own. But at the very basis of this statement, it is to not be in relationship with those that do not believe the same thing as you. And it can seem passive or rude, I'm sure, in the very core of some of the beliefs and, and movements that are going on in our present day is all about being loving and being kind, which are very keenly attributes of of the faith, but sometimes this can water down the true importance and meaning and the call of our life and our relationships and how we live as individuals. So knowing that, we have to understand why does it say this and what is it actually saying? We can't be friends with people. We can't go on a date with someone if we're not 100% sure that they are like baptized, born again, like all the things. No, it's saying when we make a commitment with someone, we need to know that we are on mission with that person. So if we understand yoked in this passage, and everybody thinking an egg, like what what does that mean? How do I liken that to dating and romance? Yoked, and the word Hebrew is ol, means servitude. It is a dynamic partnership of equality, of of mission, of drive, of purpose, and passion. I'll put an image if you're watching on YouTube, but the imagery, especially in the Hebrew days, was of two ox walking together, plowing the fields together, very much a partnership, having this yoke that connects them, that goes around their necks and ties them, not only linking them close in proximity, but also it had to be balanced. So if you have this, this tether almost, 
just see it as like a rod connecting them, thinking shoulder to shoulder mentality. If someone is unequal, like let's say one of them is much taller, much wider, much slower, shorter, whatever it may be, the yoke dips. It's not equal. It is not level. So it makes the work that both are doing that much harder and that much more awkward. And that imagery rings true in our relationship. It's not only this call of, I am this way and you have to match me. It's it's an idea that when you like and link two people together in partnership, that it has to be this, all this, it's almost an effortless connection for when the time is hard, you are able to pioneer and plow together. Because if not, what's meant to be a partnership becomes laborsome and unfruitful. My husband and I love to do things together, whether it's work and a season time that was really enjoyable, whether it's a project, parenting, and it takes this dynamic of being on mission. Now, if we're taking the yoke analogy, quite literally, he is much taller than me. If we try to do something together where it requires the same height, we cannot accomplish it because it's just such a drastic difference. But if it's something where we need the same passion, we need the same conviction, we need the same goal, that we can do. When God told Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 to be fruitful and multiply, it didn't just mean be fruitful by having kids. That is a great and important call. But it's actually telling them, produce good fruit, be partners, be productive, be on goal and on mission. It's not only what you create together, but actually how you live. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, as a single individual, that is your call. That is your role. That is the, the fruit of righteousness and standing in accordance with God and Him leading you to that, showing you how to do it, gracing you for it. But as you enter a relationship with someone and you are linked to them, that person is not just for fun. That person is not just the sleepovers, for the engagement pictures, for the do having someone to do something with. That person is your partner. The two become one. So their mentalities, their strengths, their weaknesses, their mindset, their their heart becomes yours. And it's this tethering like the oxen where you are linked together. I'm not saying you lose your individualism, I'm not saying that in a scary way, like you have to deal with all of their crap, but saying that like you were agreeing, this is the person I'm going to stand by, I'm going to do life with. And so the fruits of the spirit, what if they don't carry any of those? Then your your joy is going to be inhibited by anxiety or fear. Your patience is going to be tested by impatience. So understanding this further, being unequally yoked, what does that look like when you when you experience hard times together? What does that look like when you parent and, and you don't have the same goals of alignment of, of nurturing and loving your children? I know this can get weighty and sometimes we dive more into the fun, how to date, what to look for. This is what to look for. And this is actually the height of awareness that I think we should have before we give someone our yes, before we really give someone our heart and let our emotions fall for someone is not just butterflies, but the keen awareness of my yes is so worthwhile and it's not just for me. It is for this other person too. It is for our family, for for legacy. So does that mean you're going to meet the perfect Christian man that is just happy all the time, that treats you like a princess and, and does all the things? No, but you should be looking for, do I see these attributes in someone? Do we share faith as a common goal? Do we share 
um, an experience of having a testimony? Do we have both a passion to to see the world be a better place? And yeah, and and don't let this be overwhelming. I remember when I was an intern at a church, it, we wanted to do this so bad. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be adequately yoked. I'm gonna meet someone I want to mission with. Almost to the point of it created this box way of thinking where we thought, okay, they have to be called to be a pastor and I have to be called to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> and, you know, that isn't amazing. I'm not laughing at that as the reality, but we thought that was the only thing. If you're going to serve the Lord, you have to do it in the church as this one role. I personally do not believe that you have to be in like the same title, the same role in like to the exact T to be aligned in your mission. I think that mission looks like our call is to be sons and daughters of God. Our call is to be effective for the kingdom. Our call is to spread the gospel. One person could be a hairdresser. The other could be a, a football player. But what is your heart? What is your mission? How are you doing that? Do you have shared convictions around what you're going to honor in your marriage and how you're going to treat others? That's the kind of mission we're talking about here, being equally yoked. Because at the end of the day, if you're watching this, you are a woman that says, I, I know the caliber that I have as an individual, and I want to carry that into my future marriage in my relationship. I don't want to forfeit that just for comfort. I hope that's something we're learning here as as you listen to the different podcasts and, and the show is, you know, marriage is not a means to an end because there's something wrong with you. And it doesn't also just make you this magically great person. You have to have some some grit in the fight before you meet that person. But also, once you have that, continue it by having the person you say yes to being on that. There's another verse that I don't think I, I've ever heard with a, the dating our marriage conversation, that's Amos 3.3. And it says, do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? To me, it's a simple idea. If two people want to be together, they have to set the place and both be willing to go there. Where do you want to go with your marriage? What do you want to see your marriage be? What, and let's take this for right now. What do you want to see your dating relationship, your engagement season, your time with someone be? And is that person willing to meet you there? And... Is that person willing to meet you there? Are you going to be equals? Are you going to support one another? Are you going to call each other further? But when we're talking about equality here, it is of the heart. We cannot afford to settle for relationships that just make us feel good, that we can't settle for potential, ladies. We have to, I mean, they say this over and over again. We can't just settle for potential of, well, he's come to church for me, so maybe he'll come around or, um, you know, we're we're doing this wrong, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. Like, Set the bar high from the beginning. Often what you prioritize and where you start is where you lead. If you prioritize faith in your dating, you will have a prioritized faith in your marriage. If you set a standard around purity in your dating, you will have a protected purity into your marriage. It reminds me of the verse of a cord of three strings is not easily broken. That's a whole nother conversation around why we need faith to have marriages that last, but it comes, which will, I'll put it on the docket right now because I know that's so important and something we will need to keep at the forefront. But it starts by having faith right now, keeping faith at the forefront of, of even what you're looking for in someone. Like, no, don't let it be attractive, successful faith, like space should be sprinkled in there. It really should be at the forefront. Not just because it's a good Christian thing to do, but because it really shapes all the other areas. Their character, their integrity, 
um, how they treat other people, what family means to them. All of those are intertwined into the reality of how we see our faith and our life intersect. And the importance that our faith has will shape the other areas. Now, talking about being equally yoked and talking about not settling for something less than, especially in this dynamic of having someone that shares the same conviction and faith as you, I want to preface this verse is not to cast shame or judgment or create a hierarchy of we're better than people or I'm not going to settle because he's beneath me. It's not that at all. It's a vow of commitment specifically to Christ first to leave things not of him to grow closer to him. Trust me, I will tell you honestly right now, you may meet great guys that have great potential, but if their faith is not at the forefront, our relationship first is to Christ. So if we're saying, Lord, I'm going to let go of things that even seem good because I know that you have the best and I know that you are the most important. I'm so thankful that the Lord showed me what settling looked like for me personally. And I think we do we do have to take all this personally because there was people that I could have settled with that I think are great people that were way better than I was at that point in time. And it's not that I was better than them, but the path that I believe God was calling me on and the person he wanted me to become before I was married, honestly, was worthwhile to that journey. And it was worth me saying, Lord, I know this will be settling right now because it's comfortable, it's easy, or I'm I'm leaning on this person to be my sustenance of faith. No, I need it to be you. I want to see your marriage be long-lasting and fruitful. And that starts by not becoming unequally yoked with a person you are dating or hope to date. I hope this brings an understanding of what being unequally yoked is and why we should not be. And going forth, I hope that you have an awareness of what to look for, how to strive into this, how to um, even let God into this area. Lord, show me ways that I could be settling. Show me blinders that I may have on. Show me what settling would look like for me personally and where you want me to be. What are the missions that you put on my heart? What are the goals? What is um, the fruit that you're highlighting in my own life right now and that I should be looking for in the partner you call me to? Something you can do right now is pray over your marriage and pray over your future husband. Pray for his faith to be awakened in a place. Pray for that to be at the forefront of his mind as it is yours as well. And just welcome God's blessing into that area, even if you're still single right now, knowing that if marriage is on your heart, that you want to do it in line with God's word. I hope that you'll subscribe and stay around for other conversations and podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this one, leave a comment below. Let me know what you liked or what you want to hear next.